All right, so I'm going to share today, if you want to turn there with me, out of Second uh, Chronicles chapter 31. And so Second Chronicles chapter 31 uh, is, it speaks to us about King Hezekiah, one of the kings of Judah uh, in, in the Old Testament. And an interesting thing about King Hezekiah, uh, so his story is like through chapters 29, 30, and 31 basically, but we're going to be in, 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 in chapter 31 today. He was one of the few, one of the very few, if you read through like the books of Kings and Chronicles and all that stuff, of the good kings. The Bible specifically calls him a good king. Right, And there's not many times that the Bible says this about the kings of the Old Testament. Most of them, in fact, it says that they followed in the evil ways of their fathers or they followed in the footsteps of the one who went before them, who did evil things, and they led the people away, and they did all this stuff. But King Hezekiah was, was one of the good ones. And, and, and his story through, through these three chapters, I'm not going to read them all to you today, but, but I encourage you at some point, go and read Second Chronicles chapters 29, 30, and 31, and you watch how King Hezekiah works, and you see the things that he does, and the things that he puts in place to basically rebuild the nation in the things of God, right? But 2 Chronicles chapter 31, starting from verse 20, says, and so King Hezekiah did throughout all of Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did with all his heart, so he prospered. I'm just going to read that again. So King Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, listen, right? And he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in service to the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospered. I just, I I read this a few weeks ago and it, Actually, it was a couple of months ago I first read this, and it just struck me. The simplicity of these words, but, but the, 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 the incredible truth in these words. Why did the things that King Hezekiah do prosper? Because he, he was seeking God with all of his heart. And everything he did that was in service to the house of God, everything he did that was in service to his God, to the Lord Almighty, because his heart was seeking God, he prospered and was successful in all these things. You see, King Hezekiah uh, became king in, in a pretty dangerous time for Judah as a nation. There had been a lot going on and the people again had uh, had, had walked away from the things of God and, and they, they were worshipping idols and the temple, the temple that was built where the people would worship God wasn't even functioning at this time. The priests and the Levites had basically just stopped doing what they were supposed to be doing. It was this dead space and this dead building where nothing was happening and the people are worshipping other idols. Even the priests and the Levites are involved in all this other stuff that they shouldn't be in and God calls Hezekiah to come in and bring change again to the nation, right? This isn't just about him putting in place um, 
decrees as king that the people have to do things right. He had to rebuild basically from scratch the identity of the people of Judah according to what God had called them to be, right? Because they weren't functioning in in anything that they were supposed to function in. And he was charged by God to reestablish the temple worship. Because even the priests and the Levites, God's temple servants had stopped doing their jobs and nothing was functioning as God had instructed the people to do, right? So it's not just that now he's in charge of, of, of the entire nation and he can just, you know, as king, he can just make these rules, make these decrees or, or whatever. It wasn't as simple as that. He had to rebuild and reestablish the very essence of who the people of Judah were, that they were in fact people of the one true God who had freed them from slavery in Egypt and had done all these things. He had to reestablish this identity. And so the, 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 the three chapters I mentioned to you, chapters 29, 30, and 31 of Second Chronicles gives you detail of what he did and what he put in place to rebuild this nation, to, 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 to reestablish the temple as a place of worship, right? He even had to re-consecrate all of the, the priests who had walked away. He had to re-establish the priesthood. He had to re-establish those who would serve in the temple. He had to teach them about why they needed to do what they did. And they had to go through uh, this, this incredible process. It wasn't just this overnight thing. It took a long, long time for him to get all of this put in place and reestablish the temple to worship God the way that it was intended to in the beginning. And so as you read through these chapters, you, you see Hezekiah have great wisdom in how to prepare the people for proper temple worship and even just teach them to once again behave like, like true children of God. Right? And, and, and his heart, Hezekiah's heart for the people was what led him to do these things, is what led him to push through the moments where, where it seemed like nothing was happening or it seemed like it was taking too long or it seemed like nothing was working. It was Hezekiah's heart for the people, for the nation, and his heart for God that caused him to continue to push through. There was even a moment where, where Hezekiah prayed for the protection or the atonement of all the people in his kingdom who had sinned against God. And, and I'm just going to share it with you. But so he had brought all the people together, right? And they were going to celebrate um, Passover together. Together. And, and there were certain requirements that God had concerning the people of, of Israel when they were celebrating Passover. There were certain things that they had to do to cleanse themselves and to prepare themselves for the ceremony. Because remember, Jesus hasn't come yet, so they haven't been washed by the blood of Jesus, the Passover. They would slaughter the lambs, and, and, and it was, you know part of their their culture and a ceremony that they would do. But there were certain things that God required of the people to be able to celebrate this Passover uh, uh, effectively. And I just want to read to you um, from chapter 30 of Second, Second Chronicles. For it says from verse 17, For there were many in the assembly of the gathering of, of, the, of the nation who had not sanctified themselves. Therefore the Levites had charge of the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was not clean to sanctify them to the Lord. 
for a multitude of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. So it was written and taught that if they hadn't cleansed themselves, then they shouldn't eat of the Passover. It would be bad for them. It would not be good for them. But here it says the people are doing it anyway. And remember, uh, at this point, Hezekiah is still in the process of reestablishing the, the temple and, and, and reestablishing the 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 church and, and reestablishing the people in their identity of the things of God. They're not there yet. They're not perfect. And so the people aren't doing what they need to do. And, and yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them saying, may the Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he is not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And verse 20 of chapter 30 says, and the Lord listened to Hezekiah. Hezekiah and healed the people, right? The Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people, even though God had said in the past that the people didn't do this the way that they were supposed to, it would not look good on them. Sickness would fall on them, curse would fall on them because they had to prepare themselves in a certain way to come before God in this moment and celebrate the Passover. But Hezekiah's heart for his people in this moment is there's there's absolutely no judgment against the people in this moment from Hezekiah. His heart is crying out for them so much so that he turns and cries out to God and, and prays that God would forgive these people and that he would cleanse them and he would sanctify them. And because of Hezekiah's heart, because he did everything that he did in service to the house of God uh, in a way that, that he was seeking God, God heard him and God listened to him and healed the people. And again, honestly, there's so much in these three chapters, chapters 29, 30, and 31, and you read through it, and it's just phenomenal watching watching it unfold, how Hezekiah takes this, this, this sinful nation who, who don't even really know who they are, who've lost their identity, that they don't even know who, who the real God is anymore because they're worshipping idols. And, and he goes through this period of transformation with the nation, teaching them the ways of God, reestablishing the church, reestablishing the temple, right? And, and it's, it's, it's an incredible story. But I, I, I really want to focus on the first scripture I shared, chapter, you know, chapter 31, which is after all this stuff has happened and the, 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 the temple has been reestablished and, it, and it's now working and functioning again as it was intended to. And so I'm going to read it again. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all of Judah and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began, Right. Every work that he began in service to the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, so he prospered. Right, He was tasked with this incredible responsibility from God that not a lot of kings before him, if at all, would have been able to do. But God saw something different in, in Hezekiah. He saw that Hezekiah was a man who actually cared about the things of God and would see through everything that God instructed him to do. And because he was such, he, he was a man like this, 
And I just, I love the words of this verse. In every work that he began in service to the house of the Lord, in the, in the house of God, in the law and the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. Full stop. So he prospered. So he prospered. In everything that he did in service to the house of God, so he prospered because his heart was in it. And he did it with his heart focused on the things of God. And concerning Vision Sunday and, 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 and concerning us this year, I, I, as I said, I read this scripture a couple of months ago and this is what just began to speak to me. Right, Because there's so much stuff that we could do. That there's so many ideas and, and things that we could do and things that we could put in place. But, but, but God only wants us to do the things that He's calling us to do. He wants us to do things in service to His house. Not in service to uh, ourselves. Not necessarily in service to our community. But in service to His house. Because when we're in service to His house and our hearts in the right place, we will prosper as, as Hezekiah prospered. And see, this is what I see for us as a church this year and the church moving into the future. I see the church prospering in all the things God has for us because we're doing it with faithful hearts. And, and you, you've got to understand, when I say I see it happening. I actually see it happening, right? And you can look around today and you can say, yeah, well, where is it? I'm telling you, I can see it in here and I can see it in here. I see it when I talk to God. I see it when I go to Him in prayer. I see people who are not sitting in this place today and I wish they were, but I see them functioning in the things that God has called them to do. I see people who are sitting here in this place right now functioning in the things that God has called them to do, right? I I can see it happening. I can visualize it in my head. I see it in my heart. It's like God has showed me these things, right? And and, and I may not see every single thing in my time here, but I see these things happening in the future. I see God moving in this church. I see God moving in this community, not just because we're a, a bunch of people who love God, but because we're a bunch of people who love God with all our heart and are going to begin to do things according to the service of His house. And when we do it according to the ways of, of His house, and it's to build His house, and it's to prosper His house, that's when we prosper as a church, and that's when we prosper as a people, right? In a similar sense, as King Hezekiah was to rebuild and reestablish true worship in the temple of God. This is the calling and purpose of every church in every town, in every nation, all over the world, Right? is to rebuild and reestablish worship of the one true God. That's our calling and our purpose as His church, to invite people into this place so that they can encounter the presence of God for themselves. And then they begin to truly worship God the same as we do. But it's understanding what 
our intention is and what we're actually trying to do, what we're actually trying to build. We're not trying to build a church in this place that's full of people just so we can say we've got a church full of people. What we're trying to do is rebuild and reestablish a a, a powerful place of worship in this community. And I know that we're not the only church. And I pray the same thing over the other churches in this town and the other churches in the town surrounding us. But I believe that we need to get this understanding and this mindset into us that it's when we do things in service to the house of God and our heart is connected to the things of God that we begin to prosper and flourish in these things. I mean, the Bible makes, uh, it takes the time out to say to us that this is why Hezekiah prospered because he did things in service to the house of his God and he did it with all of his heart. It was his focus and he understood his calling from God and God instructed him rebuild and reestablish the temple as a place of worship. And it's exactly what God is saying to us, rebuild and reestablish this place as a place of worship where people will once again come to worship the true God, where people will once again come to worship the King, right? Because that's what the temple was for. That's why well, That's why God instructed them to build it so that the people could go there and worship their God. They could go there and they could seek their God. And that's why we have churches today so we can come and we can seek our God. We can seek His presence. We can, we, we can do everything that we need to do in service to the house of God in this place because He's called us here into this place. And just as everything the King Hezekiah did was prosperous, so will everything that you and I do this year that is done in the service of the house of God and done with all our heart, right? Whether or not you can physically see it in front of your eyes right now, it doesn't matter. It's about what you can see in here. And that's why I was talking before and why I believe God reminded me this morning about the words of prophecy that he speaks. You can't see it in front of you right away, but if you begin to see it in here and if you begin to believe it in here and if you begin to seek it in here and declare it in here, you will begin to walk into it and you will prosper in the things of God. You will move forward in the things of God, but it requires us to do something about it. It required Hezekiah to take steps and take precautions and teach people and lead people and train people. And and he even had to to take the commandments and the law and reteach the same things that were taught hundreds of years ago. He had to reteach them. But as he did, he prospered and the nation began to prosper as a result. Because everything he did in service to the house of God, he did with all of his heart. Right? And, 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 I, and I, I know it. I know that it's the same for us. I know that it's the same for churches today. God, God hasn't changed his mind about this thing. If his people do it to honor him and do it in service to the house of God, then we will flourish and we will prosper. Right? And, and so to go along with this, you know, we've been talking as a leadership team, about a few of the things that that we want to do and what we really want to focus on and what we feel that God has been saying to us. And the first thing, the first focus that that we want to really begin to work on this year is, is becoming embedded in our community, right? Becoming an important part of our community. 
And see, something like this doesn't just happen overnight, and, and it's not going to fully happen this year, right? I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that, and I want to make you well aware of that. It's not something that's going to happen in 12 months, but it's something that, that over time and over the years, as we continue to do the things that God is calling us to do, we become an integral part of this community, just as the temple of worship was for the Israelites and the nation of Judah back then. It was an important place for them. It was a place where they would meet together. It was a place where they would seek God, a place where they would encounter God, a place where they would go and they would be cleansed of their sins. And it was a meeting place and all this stuff would go on and happen in this place of worship. And so by becoming embedded in our community, the idea or the intention is to be established as the temple of worship or the place of worship in this community, a place where people can come and a place where people can gather, and a place where people can come and seek God and even encounter God for the first time in their lives, right? Because that's God's intention for His house, that people would come and they would meet Him and they would encounter Him. It was an incredibly important, important place in the culture, right? Everybody knew where it was. Everybody knew what it did. Everyone knew the purpose of it, whether or not they were fulfilling that purpose is is the whole point of King Hezekiah, right? But they knew where it was. And that's what I that's what I envision and that's what I see for us as a church here. Is that the community knows where we are. They know who we are. They know what we are and they know why we are, right? And that, that's what becoming embedded in the community means. Means that, that everybody knows that we're here. Anybody who has any need of any sort knows that they can come into this place and, 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 and encounter God and receive some sort of help in, in what they need in their life. Right? And one way of doing this, we're, we're aiming at running three community-based events this year. And the first one, looking at doing a, a, a garden party, tea party, like what we did um, at, excuse me, at Vivian's last year. But instead of doing it at Vivian's, we want to put it in, in a community space where it's more easily accessible to the community. Make a bit bigger deal out of it. Advertise it a bit better. Encourage people, encourage everyone in our church to invite people and to bring them along by bringing people into things that we do in the community where, where, where people begin to know who we are and it's a part of becoming embedded in the community. Later in the year, we want to run some sort of um, a family day, a family event for young families, have stuff for kids and, 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 you know, all that sort of stuff. And the third is undecided at the moment, but who knows, coming towards Christmas time, maybe we can do something there, right? It, it's, it's, it's putting on these events. And, and I want to stress that, that, that I don't, it's not all about the events, Right? It's about the intention behind the events. Because we, we can put uh, a whole heap of money and a whole heap of effort into putting on an event, and we, we could do it quite well. But, but why are we doing this event? What's the purpose of this event? What's the intention behind this event? It's for people to encounter God. That is the ultimate goal of everything that, that we do. It, it's, uh, I don't want to do anything that I don't believe is going to lead people to have an encounter with God. That's going to lead them to know who we are as a church, where we are as a church, and connect them with us so that we can really be a part of this community. Right? So at the same time as running three of our own events, 
we, we, we want to show the community that we care about things that are outside of us as well. Because it's not all just about us. It's not all just about in-house things. We, we want to become involved in other events that run within the community, such as um, uh, Harmony Day, which I believe is coming up in the next month or, or two months, um, the, the, the Christmas carols event that's run in Baruga, uh, the, 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 the show, you know, the Shire puts on events. You know, we want to become involved in these things in whatever way we can, or if we can't be involved, let's just attend so that we have a face and we get to meet people, we, we, we get to know people, and it's not like people will see us and say, oh, there's a bunch of Christians that go to that church and they aren't involved in anything else, and, you know, we, we want to be seen and we want to be known in the community. So so that we can make God known, and my voice is leaving me, and it's really frustrating, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get through this. But you know what I mean? It, it, it's being seen, thanks to it's, it's being seen in the community and known in the community that will transform this place into, into the temple of worship that, that we're meant to be, right? Another aim is we want to get more life groups started. You know, our, our, the intention is to have something for everybody that suits everybody. So last year, Viv started a life group uh, at the moment. She's had to go up to uh, Bateman's Bay for work. I believe she's away for another five or six weeks now. But, but once she's back, that life group will, will really kick off again, be reestablished, get, get back into doing what they were doing. Thanks so much, Stu. Appreciate it, mate. You know, that there was a whole bunch of people going along to this life group and really enjoying it, and I want to see it start up again. And even this week, we started another new life group uh, at, at Jev and Amanda's place for, for, for young adults and uh, young families, you know, a place where we can gather together, talk about God, worship God, read through the Bible, pray together, have some fun together. You know, we're already talking about some other like events and dinner stuff we can do as a group to just get in the community. You know, yes, it's about uh, us meeting together in their home and, and strengthening each other in God and encouraging each other in God. But one thing I love about Amanda is she's already thinking about, hey, we could go out and we could do this because if we do this, we'll be around other people and we can invite other people to come in and, and play volleyball with us or, or do this and do that. She's already thinking outside of just the home group, right? And so that's another group that we've got going. We, 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 we want to see more and more start. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, with everything going on with Jeff and, and his health and everything like that, the, the men's group that we had running uh, is on hiatus for a little while. We just have, honest truth, we just have nobody who's able to run it consistently at the moment. So until we do, that will be on hiatus. Uh, if anyone wants to you know, talk to me about it, then do it because I'd love to see it keep going. But at the moment, unfortunately, that's where we're at. But sometimes things... Sometimes things have to take a break, and that, that's just the reality of it, right? Sometimes it's not just the right timing. It doesn't mean that it's never going to happen again. It just means that right now we can focus on something else. <clears throat> and so uh, something else. So a lot of you would, would be aware that last year and, and in the years before that, um, every Wednesday morning we had like a, a little Bible study life group thing here that, that was going really well, but, but we've made the decision and Joy and, and Susie were, were talking and we made a decision to, to, to try something else 
uh, use that time for something else, another way of being in and providing something for the community. So the ladies came up with a brilliant idea to run an open uh, open house for coffee and cake on uh, on a Wednesday morning, as Zoe mentioned earlier, from 9.30 uh, until 12 uh, on Wednesday. The church is going to be open. The ladies are going to be here. Someone's going to have made a cake or or scones or whatever it is, going to use the pod machine coffee. So we're not just using the, the, the instant coffee stuff. But right, It's just a place where people can come. We'll have signs out the front, all that stuff. Uh, just a place where people can come, have a free coffee, have a cake, and there'll be someone here to chat to. Like we don't even have to chat to them about God or about Scripture. It's just getting to meet people, just giving people a place so they can come. You know, maybe parents who are over in the park playing with their kids instead of going and paying $5 for coffee, they can come and get one that's not quite as good. Let's, let's be real, but it's free. And who doesn't like free stuff and free coffee, especially, right? So that's something that's going to be happening here at the moment. It's every second Wednesday. So <clears throat> starting this week and then fortnightly, we would love to see it. And I know Joy would love to see it be able to happen every single week. Uh, so the more volunteers we have in that, uh, we might even be able to do that uh, sometime soon. So you know, if you're interested in that, have a chat to Joy as well. It's just another opportunity to give something out for free to the community and a great way to get people into the building in a nice, relaxed atmosphere. <clears throat> right, and so something else that, that I really felt God speak to me about at the end of last year and, and the beginning of this year is providing something that no other church does and providing some sort of help or care for people in our community that nobody else is doing at the moment. Because last year we started doing uh, a bit down the river, giving some food to the, the homeless guys down there, we, we, which was great. And we gave them blankets and all that sort of stuff come wintertime. But, um, but there's other churches in our community who already do food programs and even the, the, just the, the Shire food program. Like There's other people that, that are doing this thing. And so it's like we could just do what everyone else is doing or we could do something new. We could do something different. And, and so what, what we aim to do, and I'm going to need all your help with this, we, we want to start something that at the moment we're going to call community connection or, 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 uh, or community, um, community compassion. Right? And, and what we want to do and why I need everyone's help is we want to identify people in our community who just need a little bit of help around the home, right, who, who maybe just need their, their, their gardens cleaned, their, their, their gutters cleaned out, like very, very basic, and I stress that, very, very basic maintenance work, like fixing a door or something like that, you know. Um, we we want to go, and I've already spoken to, to Bruce about it, and Bruce is, is keen, you know, we, we can go there, commit to three hours uh, on a Wednesday and go and just serve them and, 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 and just love on them, just do something for them that, that, that they need. It's not about us going in and, and preaching to them or doing anything. It's us offering our time and our services to go and help somebody who is in need, right? And so why I need your help, we need your help, is if you know anybody, Right, let me know. Or even if you know somebody, just speak to them and say, hey, would you be interested in a couple of guys in the church coming around and they can just do this work for you and just, just get it done, right? Because we, we, we want to love on our community and we want to do something that nobody else does. And I just felt this so strongly on my heart at the start of the year because it's something that we have the ability to do and nobody else does it. So let's do it. So if, if you know anyone, please let me know. We'll have a chat to them first and, and, and we'll, we'll work it out. So we're aiming to do that every second Wednesday as well. So it'll be on the off to the, um, 
to the coffee thing. That's assuming we have a job to do. Obviously, if we don't have something that week, we won't. But another thing, uh, I thought if we don't have someone's house to go to, we can get in touch with the Shire and just say, hey, are there any areas around town that need to be cleaned up? Is there any graffiti or stuff that we can just go and, and, and clean for, you know, for, for free? And I'm sure, I haven't asked them yet, but I'm sure they'd be open to someone cleaning up for free. So, you know, we just want to, we want to be involved. We want to be seen to be doing something. Right. These are some of the things that, 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 that we want to we wanna do, we want to reach the community with this year. And so I just want to finish <clears throat> just sharing a few things with you of what I'm believing for and what I'm praying for within the church uh, and just for all of us. And so the first thing that I'm believing for and I'm praying for and that I see in my mind, right, I believe that we will need to buy more chairs this year to have enough seats for all the people who will be coming here. And again, you can look around today and say, yeah, well, good luck with that, Dan. But I'm telling you, I, I see this happening. I, I see it in my mind. It, it's, it's a reality in here. And, my, and, and I need to make a choice and we need to make a choice, right? Do we believe what God is showing us and what he's speaking? Or do we believe what we're seeing around us right now in the natural? Because if we believe God and trust God to do what he said he's going to do, we're going to see incredible things happen. And so that's what I'm praying for every time I'm praying here in this place. I, I say, God, I'm praying and I'm believing, Lord, that we're going to need more chairs by the end of the year. And that you'll provide those chairs. Oh, God, I'm praying it. Start speaking into being the things that you feel God laying on your heart. Speak them out. If God's given you a word, speak it out. Declare it out over yourself. You know, I believe that God is, is going to give some people here right now a greater anointing. And He will call you to begin to do what He has prepared for you. My desire is to see all of us and everyone else who's a part of this church begin to hear from God and work in service to the house of God and see God move in everything that we do. I'm believing God to raise up more leaders in this place as He prepares for the future of Ignite Life Cobram. Right? I believe that He's raising up, He's wanting to raise up leaders. And I'm working with a bunch of people at the moment who I believe have leadership on them. But leadership is not just about, um, not just about having the, the right character, not just about having, sorry, the right skills. It's about having the right character. It's about being able to be consistent. It's about being able to stick at something and make something happen if God's told you to make something happen. Right, and I want to encourage you. There's people in here who who who, are, who have leadership on them, and God is wanting to raise you up. And I believe, right? I believe that this church will become such an integral part of this community that all will know who we are, what we do, and we will be able to provide help to all people who need it. <clears throat> but most importantly, I believe, and my desire is that everybody who comes into this building for any reason, whether it be church on a Sunday, whether it be for the coffee and cake on a Wednesday, whether it be to just to talk to somebody, I believe that everybody who comes into this building is going to have an encounter with Jesus that will change their lives. Because this is why we do what we do. This is why I I, I, want to say this stuff and speak this stuff out, because it's about people encountering God and having their life transformed by Him. Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right? This is what I see. This church is like the, the, the city on a hill that, that cannot be hidden. And that's what I see for the future. That, that's my vision. That's where I see us going. Because we have the light of the world and we're not meant to hide it. We're meant to be out there. We're meant to be seen and we're meant to be involved. And if we, just like King Hezekiah, do everything in service to God with all our heart, just as he prospered, we too will prosper and you in your own life will prosper. 